up, everybody? Welcome back to the Underground for another episode of Area 21, the Underground Takedown. As always, it's your boy, King Friday, and A. Millie and Black Butterfly are usually here with me. Are they here with me tonight? We here. Oh. We here. We in the building. That's we. what's up. That is what's up. Um, You know, before we start, you know, how was, how was, how was everybody's last week, this weekend? You know, y'all, y'all doing good? Everything good? Doing good, man. Just grinding as usual. Everything is just peachy. You know how we do each and every week, trying to grind so we can shine. Take a good. But um, before we get into before we get into tonight, for real, for real, we definitely gotta stop. Pause for the calls because in a couple of hours. It is going to be Black Butterfly's birthday, so we got to say Woo! happy birthday to Black Butterfly. Thank you! Yay! Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Oh, you know we got you, you know what I'm saying? Because they turned off in the star for you, you know what I'm saying? So... Definitely had to start off by saying that. Could not start without saying that. And whenever we feel like it, we might just throw it in there. And uh, make sure that you follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, Area 21 Podcast, Area the Number 21 Podcast. And also check out the new website, Area21Podcast.com. And uh, make sure you hit up Black Butterfly and Fly Girl Fashions tomorrow and let her, you know what I'm saying, just shoot her a little birthday shout out. That's Fly with two Y's, F L Y Y G I R L F A S H I O N S. God, I wish they had adult spelling bees. I'd be killing that shit. You feel me? Um, I feel you. <laughs> but a uh, little quick shout out. Shout out to the Indie Creative Network. Shout out to uh, Hadia Robinson with Black Ass Podcast. She is, you know what I'm saying, she is hilarious. Y'all definitely got to check her out. Um, a very interesting podcast that I've been listening to on our network with uh, occasionally, Daughter Podcast. Check out Daughter Podcast. I, I, I listen to it on Stitcher, um, but you can find it, I think, on SoundCloud, SoundCloud as well. But definitely check out Daughter Podcast. But we can, let's, let's, let's hop into it because I've got to, you know what I'm saying, I definitely got to give, you know, the usual fuck yous out of the beginning. And the girl... Um, not our girl personally, because we don't bucks with her. I don't know. Uh, but with her. Ivanka Trump is apparently like a, I don't know, she's like an ambassador of some sort. It's like some like non-positional ambassador for America. And she was in Berlin for, uh, I believe, a, like a women's conference. And she was defending her dad. Basically, she was sounding crazy as all hell. She was. She called him a tremendous champion of families uh, and basically was saying, you know, she defended him, you know, as far as how he treats women and families of that nature. And when she did it, uh, the entire audience started literally booing and hissing. Like, I didn't know, like, I hear, I've i heard people say they booed and hissed, but that was my first time actually hearing people hiss. Like, she was talking and everybody in the, cl- in the crowd turned into snakes and that shit was fucking hilarious to me. So go check that clip out. I'm not going to post it to our Instagram because we don't grace our Instagram with those people. We just don't. So um, on to the next. And I'm going to definitely get y'all's opinion on it because I know for a fact Black Butterfly is going to educate us when she when we get her opinion on this. And she don't even know what this topic is. 
But apparently there is a dangerous new sex trend. And I don't know why in the fuck they're calling it a trend because this shit is off the wall. But it's called stealthing. And basically what stealthing is, is when a man secretly removes his condom in the middle of sex. Oh, I'm going I'm to I'm repeat that one more time. It's a dangerous new sex trend, and it's called stealthing, where the man secretly removes the condom during sex. Mm, and mm, mm. the people who are doing it are doing it under the guise saying that it's a man's right to spread his seed. Now. What? <laughs> so, yo, <laughs> yo, so, now, we can definitely make light of the situation, but some serious some seriousness to it is uh depending on what, what what the circumstances are if you're not in a relationship with this person um and let's say it's a one night stand or you know something of that nature and you're quote unquote stealthing then you technically you know for all of sense of the purpose you sexually assaulted that that woman because yeah. she was under the guise that you were having protected sex then you thereby turned it into unprotected sex Without her knowing, that's sexual assault. But you know, that's that's one of the that's some, what the proponents of it are saying, like you know. And the crazy thing about it is, there isn't a law or anything that covers this. Um, but not to get too deep into it, you know, this can definitely be a, a huge topic. But not to get too deep into it, but hey, man, definitely, you know, what I'm saying, give me your, give me your, give me your opinion on this new stealthing, what they're calling a sex trend. Um, I just find it kind of surprising because why? Why would you want to take your condom off in the middle of having sex if you are not married or in a committed relationship? Because if you ask me, you don't know what people have. I mean, it is so much STDs and diseases out there. And, and, and from what the article said, what you were reading and said, it's a man's right. That's kind of like attempted murder. Like you going in somebody's wall and y'all not married or in a committed relationship. Like, I have a problem with that. I just think it's dumb, and women, we need to be aware of that. Like, when we are engaging in sexual acts, whether it is with our boyfriends, our husbands, or, you know, even with friends with benefits, we have to be very, very, very careful about this. Yeah, most definitely. Um, But as as for the reason why I know they said it's because, you know, they feel that a man has a right to spread the seed. But I, I think what's the dangerous part about it is by them deeming it a sex trend, that it will do just that and it will become a trend where it's not necessarily to spread the seed, but it's just because you, in a case, want to, you know, have raw sex with the one night stand. She's like, oh, no, that ain't happening. Condom or no. And so you're like, all right, so you put the condom on and then you still her because you want to do it raw. And, you know, for anybody that's sexually active, everybody knows raw feels great. Come on now. I mean, everybody knows that. And kind of make the room smell like, uh, you know what I'm saying, like burnt rubber. But, <laughs> but you know, but in all seriousness, it's like if they keep calling it, call it a trend, it'll become a trend. And then it's going to go beyond what, you know, this original group of people have deemed it for, which is for a man to spread a seed, which is, some bullshit. Like, if you want to do it, you can go out there and jerk off into the yard and spread your seed all across the grass and see if it make it grow. But, you know what I'm saying, that don't mean that you have the right to literally just go knock up any woman that you feel like you feel like knocking up. That, hell no. Negative. Not gonna happen. 
Um, but Black Butterfly, go ahead and definitely give me your opinion on it because I definitely know I'm finna learn something. Y'all finna learn something too. Okay, so first of all, you do not have a right point blank period to a woman's body. We were made not for specifically for your sexual pleasure, um, you know, to be used as, you know, just your concubine. You do not have a right to our body. So let's get that straight. You know, first and foremost, I am actually disgusted that there are actually still men in this world that think they have rights, like real life rights to a woman's body and what is done with it. So first of all, if you even have that type of mindset, you are a disgusting individual, and I am not apologizing for saying that. That is that is all the way wrong. That is all the way incorrect. You do not have a right or dominion over any woman, period, when it comes to our bodies or just us in general. Um, I think the whole stealthing, quote-unquote, trend is quite ridiculous. Um, as Ashley already mentioned, um, there is too much stuff out here, y'all, in this world, um, that can get you caught up for you to play Russian roulette with yourself in such a manner. And not mm-hmm. only that, it's just the, yeah, and not only that, it's the principle of the fact that she did not consent to that. You don't have a right to engage in unprotected sex with a woman or anybody that did not consent to it. It doesn't matter if it's a one-night stand. It doesn't matter, you know, what the situation may be. If the terms were, we will have sex, we're going to do the same, we're going to have fun, but protection must be used, then respect that. And don't, you know, sit up here and stealth and, um, you know, trick her, you know, while you're doing the sexual act into thinking that you're doing the right thing when you're really not. And if you do knock her up, are you gonna take care of this baby though? Because you know a lot of y'all ain't trying to take care of no kids. So if she do get pregnant. Are you gonna take care of your responsibilities or not? Or are you just trying to knock her up and leave her to be another single mom? And then y'all hotel gonna be the ones out there making memes on Facebook talking about this same girl, how she just another single black woman and she the reason why the black community is falling apart. But y'all ain't saying nothing to these to these men that's around here selfing and getting women knocked up on purpose because they feel like they have a right to spread their seeds. So that's just ridiculous. That actually really makes me upset because as I, as I said before, I'm a womanist. I won't say feminist because sometimes they go too far left with some of their beliefs, but I'm definitely a womanist and I'm all about women empowerment and women's rights and I'm going to stand up against this 100%. You do not have a right to a woman's body. You do not have a right to have unprotected sex with us and, and, and do tricks on us such as stealthing without our consent. And fun fact, yeah, so I'm always coming at you probably with something that you don't know. There was actually a case about this very situation that actually went to court. And if I'm not mistaken, the young lady uh, may have actually won this case. Um, maybe uh, myself or Adrian or somebody can look up the details of this a little bit later on. I'll be happy to provide that information for you, maybe even post it on a podcast in case you're wondering. But I actually had gotten to a debate on Facebook on a friend's status in regards to this particular incident because you had a lot of men that had that mindset. Surprisingly, they felt like, you know, it, somehow the woman always gets victim blamed. She's always victim blamed. You know, with this case, they felt, they said, no, this is not sexual assault. You know, this is not rape. I think that actually was the topic of that status. I think people were, uh, the question was, you know, whether people thought that 
since he took the condom off without her uh, consent, would that be considered as rape? Um, so that's kind of how that got popping. And I learned about the actual case that it derived from. And in my opinion, yes, it is. But it was like a stark contrast be- between the uh, comments of women versus the comments of men. And so a lot of men was like, no, that's not rape. It may be assault, but it's not rape. And then, of course, you had most of the women saying, well, yeah, it is rape. Um, so in my opinion, it, it is rape, you know, 100%, because, you know, you are sticking your flesh into somebody else's, you know, without, you know, the consent um, of that person for it to be done, you know, at least not unprotected. And I feel like, you know, what's really the difference between rape and assault? That's the same thing. When you raping somebody, you assaulted somebody. So it's the same thing. But the comments were a stark contrast with men um, saying that it wasn't rape and women saying that it was. So I think that a lot of men need to take a look at themselves and their thoughts behind um, our bodies and, and, and what we're, we're made for. You know, women are made to, you know, do way more wonderful things. You know, we are uh, divine beings and we aren't here just for your sexual pleasure. So I won't keep on going on and on because I could really like just blabber on about this. But, you know, I'll end it with saying what I said in the beginning. You do not have right, point blank, and stop it. That's ridiculous. Diddy? Mm. Mm. <laughs> Look, listen, if y'all thought for a second that this podcast was going to have one male host and two female woman co-hosts, and hosts and this we went and, and, and it wasn't gonna be pro woman. Y'all must have lost y'all mind. I'ma let look. I was raised by beautiful, strong black women all the way around me, all the way my entire life. One thing I know is you do not interrupt and you let them speak their mind and that is what my two co hosts gonna do. They gonna do it. And I'm not gonna stop them. So yeah, y'all if you out here stealthing and you listening I know for a fact Black Butterfly just hit you in your heart. You feel guilty. Quit that shit. Oh, and uh, about that court case, there was one uh, in Switzerland uh, where a man, he actually ended up get, being convicted of rape because he he did the same thing. So that sets precedence. I don't know if that was the one we're talking about, but uh, that uh, in Switzerland, there was a court that's, case that's where the man actually, that's the one. Yeah, he, he actually did get convicted of rape uh, in yeah. that case. So. That's precedence. So if you don't know, now you know. Uh, moving right along, sorry to bring more. Uh, oh, no, this is actually good news. This is actually good news. Uh, a federal judge on Tuesday blocked any attempt by the Trump administration to withhold funding from the sanctuary cities that do not, do not cooperate with U.S. immigration authorities, saying that the president has no authority to attach new conditions to federal spending. Uh, U.S. District Judge William Oreck issued the preliminary injunction in two lawsuits, one brought by the city of San Francisco, the other by Santa Clara County, against an executive order targeting communities that protect immigrants from deportation. Uh, and I'm getting the, uh, this information from the Associated Press, APNews.com. So if you want to read the full article on the judge blocking Trump's order on sanctuary city funding, you can find it there. But yeah, shout out to uh, Judge Oreck uh, because this is yet another L for your boy Cheeto, and uh, I like seeing it. I love seeing it. His approval rating in the in the shitter, all his executive orders get you know what I'm saying flushed down the motherfucking toilet. His budget, they finna shut the government down probably because his budget is bullshit because he want 22 bill to build a motherfucking wall. So everybody, if you still riding on Trump's train and sucking on his dick, 
Um, let us know. Hit us up on our Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter, Area Twenty One Podcast, Area Twenty One Podcast dot com. That's Area the Number Twenty One Podcast. Hit us up if you still fuck with Trump. Hit us up because we definitely want to know why in the fuck you still dealing with this fuck shit. Let us know. We definitely we de- like at this point in time. At this point, if you still fucks with your boy, I want to know why. It's got to be a good reason. You got to think something good is about to happen. And that further lets me know that something's wrong and we want to help you. We got to figure that shit out. So yeah, hit us up. When was the last time you cleaned your makeup brushes? Introducing Lalumia 2, the world's best-selling makeup brush cleaner. With the new Lalumia 2, cleaning your brushes has never been easier. The Lalumia 2 makeup brush cleaner removes dirt, grime, and stubborn debris from makeup brushes known to cause breakouts. Lalumia 2 cleans up to 12 makeup brushes at once while leaving your brush hair soft and silky. Try it risk-free for 14 days. Just visit Area21Podcast.com and click the Lalumia icon at the top of the page. Your skin will thank you. Off the news bullshit, on to the good shit. It's time for my favorite segment and uh, all the patients' favorite segment, the urban landscape. So, uh, we're recording this on the 25th. Uh, y'all will probably hear it on uh, tomorrow the 26th, which just so happens to be Black Butterfly's birthday that has nothing to do with the urban landscape, but I just wanted to throw that out there. Hey, happy birthday, hey, Black Butterfly. Y'all tell her happy birthday, Black Girl Fashion. That's Fly with two Y's, F-L-Y-Y-G-I-R-L-F-A-S-H-I-O-N-S. But back to the urban landscape. Um, you know, usually I give you a strain of the week, but uh, this week I'm going to do something a little different because 420 just passed. And uh, I'm going to bring you the most popular cannabis strains for 420. And this is according to Leafly. So with another 420 in the books, Leafly took a peek to see which strains the visitors were most curious about on the most cannabis-friendly day of the year, a.k.a. 420. Uh, and these are the top 10 strains that were searched for throughout the day on Leafly's app. If you, uh, you can definitely download the app. That's L-E-A-F-L-Y, the Leafly app. Get all the strain information. Uh, the number one strain was Blue Dream, which, aha, last week's strain. If you didn't, if you didn't listen to episode 10, episode 10, Blue Dream was a strain of the week last week. Number two, Girl Scout Cookie. Number three, the Oh So Sweet Sour Diesel. Uh, number four, Gorilla Glue number four. Yeah, Gorilla Glue number four. Uh, number five, OG Kush. Number six, Green Crack. Number seven, Granddaddy Purple. Mmm. Mm. You know what? Just just in honor of Granddaddy Purple, because if you don't know, you won't know. Uh, it's number seven, which I, I you know this is just based on searches. And Granddaddy Purple is is rare. I heard it don't exist no more. But somebody, if you if you if you know otherwise, hit me up, King Friday four six on Twitter on uh, Instagram, King Friday four six. Hit me up. Let me know. But uh, Granddaddy Purple, it says it's a legend throughout the cannabis industry. Granddaddy Purple was introduced in 2003 by Ken Estes, also known as PDP. It's a famous indica cross between Purple, Urkel, and Big Bud. California staple. Mmm. Smells like berries and grapes. Mmm. Okay. My bad. Went off on a tangent. Number eight, White Widow. Number nine, Jack Harrow. And number ten, Bubba Kush. So those are the top 10 strains that were searched for on Leafly on 420. 
So those are the official strains of the week. Uh, so yeah, you know, hit up your local dispensary if you're able to, or your local distributor as we will call him, and go uh, cop one of the top 10. Let me know what you think. And uh, finally, uh, I'm going to help some people out because, you know, we're going into, we're moving into a pro-cannabis era, which is all good. I'm for it. I hope you're for it too. Even if you don't, even if you don't fuck with this shit, fuck with this shit. Don't fuck with people that don't, that, that fuck with it. Quit hating on people. Get out your reefer madness mindset, thinking that people, you know what I'm saying? Get, fuck that shit. Look, people that smoke weed don't steal TV. They don't freak out. They don't, you know what I'm saying? They don't, they don't, look. People that smoke weed don't go in your grandma's house, take 20 out of her purse, then take the TV and go pawn that shit, and then come back to Thanksgiving dinner like nothing happened. Weed heads don't do that shit. We too fucking calm for that shit. So get out your mindset, but if you want to try it and you feel like you're getting too fucking high because you walked into the dispensary and got some of that flash shit on your first try, I'm going to give you eight ways to counteract the too intense cannabis high. And this, of course, is uh, coming from Leafy. So, any cannabis consumer can tell you that if there's one feeling no one enjoys, it's the moment when you realize, I'm too high. Uh, Maybe the edible kicked in three hours late. Perhaps you tried to impress a group of friends by breathing in a little bit too deeply. You might have just tried concentrates for the first time or were caught off guard by the potency. Or maybe you are just a low-tolerance consumer. There are a thousand ways it can happen, but once it does, the resulting experience can be uncomfortable and enough to turn off even the most seasoned cannabis lover. Uh, And so I'm going to jump into the tips on how to stop being so high. Number one, don't panic. Calm the fuck down. That's what this shit does. Stop freaking out. Chill out. Don't panic. You're fine and everything is okay. Most symptoms don't even last that long. This too shall pass. Number two, know your limits before consuming, especially if you're in, in Colorado, uh, co- uh, California, and you know the states where it's legal and dispensaries are open. You go in there, you can talk to these people. You know they will tell you, you know what I'm saying, what you can take and what you're not. Talk to them and they'll help you out, which is actually one of the pieces on there that I'll get to. Number three, hydrate yourself. Drink some water. You can't be up here trying to smoke a pound and impress your friends and you drinking motherfucking Pepsi's. First off. That's fucking wrong. Yeah, are we still mad at Pepsi? I don't know. Fuck it. Anyway, you can't just be sitting there drinking soda, smoking a pound of weed. You're going to dry yourself out. Get some fucking water in your system or at least Gatorade. Hydrate your fucking self. Number four, this is one that I didn't know personally. Uh, keep some black pepper on hand. I'm going to read this one. If you find yourself combating paranoia and anxiety, a simple household ingredient found in kitchens and restaurants everywhere can come to your rescue. Black pepper. Many swear by the black pepper trick, even Neil Young. Just sniff or chew on a few black peppercorns and it should provide almost instantaneous relief. Crazy, I didn't know that. So, um, I mean, if I ever feel like I'm too high, which, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I mean, I felt that feeling, but I don't, you know what I'm saying? I don't freak out where I'm like, do you have some black pepper? Because I'm really tripping out. Like, we don't do that to me. So, but I mean, if you feel like that, Get you some black pepper, keep you some black pepper in your pocket, I don't know what to tell you. Um, number five, keep calm and rest. Go lay your ass down, close your eyes, ride that shit out. Enjoy the trip. Uh, number six, try going for a walk. I, I mean, yeah, try going for a walk if you're on the first floor, because I don't know, you might have smoked and you might actually think you can fly, which is some bullshit, but if you got that high, it wasn't just weed. Um, number seven, take a shower or a bath. Don't drown. 
Just get your high ass in the shower. Run some water on your face. Go in the bathroom. Wet your face up. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, I can do this. Um, number eight, distract yourself. Play some music. Watch a cartoon. Do what the high people do. If you freaking out, just look at everybody else who's doing it that, that normally doesn't. And do what they do. If they sitting there watching bear, We Bear Bears and laughing, sit your ass there. Be quiet and do the same thing. Don't ask no questions. Just chill out. Eat something. Order some food. Get a coloring book. Water some flowers. Play a video game. Talk to your friends. Text somebody. I don't know. Do something. Just feel the fuck out. Um, and the bonus tip, try some CBD. Because CBD, the cannabinoid oil that comes from uh, cannabis, actually counteracts the THC, which education piece THC is the part of the cannabis plant that actually gets you high, the psychoactive effects, the high feeling. The CBD is the part that has the medicinal feeling, uh, the medicinal uh, medicinal properties. Or for like the, the kids that are having seizures and things like that, they're actually taking CBD, cannabinoid oils, which they're not getting high. They're literally taking the non-high making part of the plant and using it for their medical benefits. So. Yeah, try some CBD. If you're in one rose, if you're in Colorado or uh, California, you can, you know, get CBD oil as well as getting uh, a hold to, you know, the flower, the bud, the concentrate. You feel like you're too high? Take you a couple of drops of CBD to counteract the uh, THC and uh, come down off that high. Uh, but that will definitely do it for this week's urban landscape. And uh, now we're going to mosey on down, uh, down the street on the underground. Uh, before we do that, definitely don't forget that uh, tomorrow, which y'all will be listening to this on the 26th of April, it is Black Butterfly's birthday. So you hey. go show her love. You <laughs> gotta go do that shit. Hey, 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 yeah. Tomorrow, give her up. Fly Girl Fashions. Fly with two Y's. F-L-Y-Y-G-I-R-L-F-A-S-H-I-O-N-S. One first place in the first annual uh, all internet's adult spelling bee for the age group 21 to 59. So thank you for that honor, y'all. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah uh, happy birthday, Black Butterfly. But um, so yeah, now we're gonna move on down, and we're going to hit up our girl A Millie, uh, and see what's going on in entertainment with the sip and sit. Let us know something. Yo 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 yo, everybody, happy sip and sit for you today. Beyonce is just making major moves, y'all. I mean, Beyonce is really having a good year. First, she announced that she is having twins, and now she has just celebrated her one-year anniversary of Lemonade. But Beyonce just announced today that she has a scholarship called Formation Scholars. Now, these awards will be given out during the 2017 to 2018 academic year to four women who are unafraid to think outside of the box, who are bold, creative, conscious, and confident. Now, all of these awards will be available to four schools, which is Howard University, Spelman University, Berkeley College of Music, and Parsons School of Design. Drake is certainly having a good year. Today, it has been announced that the rapper will host the first ever NBA Awards on June 26. Now, Drake made the special announcement via Twitter. The event will honor the best in the NBA 
and this is not the second this well excuse me this is the second award show that Drake will be hosting two years ago he hosted the ESPY Awards and now he will be hosting the first ever NBA Awards so make sure you guys tune in on June 26th for that Kodak Black may be returning to jail according to Vibe Magazine the rapper may be spending eight years in jail for violating his parole now listen to this now he has been serving his parole since August 2016 but now he is being questioned about going to a Miami strip club going to a boxing match and then get this y'all versus in his anger management class like literally versus repeatedly now on the terms of his parole it does allow him to profitable work and performances but other places like the strip club and the boxing match he can't go now the case is scheduled to continue on tomorrow now i i would just be very upset if i go to jail for eight years to violate my parole for just going to see some ass and for birthing like i don't get it <laughs> Uh, that's pitiful. Yeah, that's, <laughs> hey, the system, the system is made a certain way. They told, yeah. they gave them the rules, and shit, they just wait for you to fuck up. Cause they watching, they watching. They watching. I mean, you y'all better, y'all better not drink no soda when y'all going to these um, anger management classes. Cause you might go back to jail, violate your parole, going to see ass and titties shaking. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you just gotta watch out. Now the T T T of the day. Now, I know you guys have been watching the new season of Basketball Wives LA because, of course, Evelyn Lozada has returned in an exclusive PPPP tonight. In an exclusive, another Basketball Wives Miami fan favorite is returning to the show. According to the Jasmine brand, Jennifer Williams has reported returned to the show. Now, sources are saying that she signed her contract and has already started filming. Now, producers wanted to create a storyline about Jennifer and Evelyn's beef, but rumors are swirling that Jennifer will confront Evelyn this season. Now, if you remember five years ago, probably even more than that, Jennifer and Evelyn, they had some serious issues on um, the first couple of seasons of uh, Basketball Wives Miami. And they have now spoken in years. So you put Evelyn Lozada on the show, you got Tammy Roman, and now you're bringing back Jennifer Williams. All hell is about to break loose and the drama will unfold. But that is all I have for the Sip and Sit. Now you can go to area21podcast.com and read all of the stories that we have on our Instagram page that we didn't cover in tonight's segment. So make sure you go log on to www.area21podcast.com and visit Area 21 Podcast on our Instagram and Facebook and Twitter to see all of the stories that we didn't cover tonight in this segment. And that's all I got for the sit and sit, y'all. That's what's up. Thank you so much. And, um, yeah, uh, if y'all are not following us on Twitter, follow us, Area 21 Podcast. That's Area the Number 21 Podcast on Twitter because your girl A. Millie comes on there on Ratchet Mondays, does a live tweet, and has it jumping. Yep. When I tell you my, uh, my, because I got the app on my phone, the little mentions and the retweets be blowing up 
and I and I literally forget that it's on. I'm like, why the hell is my shit going off? And I'm like, oh, hey, Millie Live tweeting. It's going, it's going ham. She goes ham. Right, Jackie Christie, uh, Jackie Christie starting to like you, hey, Millie. I'm just letting you know. She re- yeah. she's been retweeting us. You know what I'm saying? Jackie, so man. she's one of my favorites on the show. We might need we might need to holler at Jackie and see if she'll come on and talk to us for yeah, a Yeah, we, we really we really do. I think that really would be good though. Yeah, we you know what I'm saying, Jackie. Jackie, have your people call out people. But uh now that Amelia is giving us the tea, we definitely gotta make sure that y'all ain't out here still wearing tall tees and uh Timberland uh high heels. Uh, so <laughs> Black Butterfly, which by the way, if you did not know, by the time you listen to this, it will be Black Butterfly's birthday. So hit her up and tell her happy motherfucking bam, birthday. Bam, bam, hey, hey, turn up. It's your birthday. Bam. It's your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Black Butterfly, let us know what's going on with fashion because as usual, you're trying to keep us out here looking clean. Y'all checking in, checking in. It's your girl, Black Butterfly of Fly Girl Fashion. You know, I have a passion for fashion, so I'm coming at you with what's hot in the street so I can keep your face beat and your clothes, hair, and shoes on fleek. Um, so, of course, um, as you should know by now, Fly Girl Fashion is not only about the glamorous side, you know, dealing with hair, makeup, and clothes. I also uh, want to speak to the totality of a woman, um, you know, mind, body, soul, and spirit. So I'm coming at you first with an inspirational story tonight um, about a young lady who was bullied about her skin complexion. And y'all, she's beautiful. I'm, I'm talking about she is beautiful. Her, her skin, her hair, like she is absolutely gorgeous. I don't know why people are teasing her, but she has an inspirational story. Uh, I'll definitely go ahead and hit you with the story and I'll upload some pictures of her to our at Area 21 Instagram page on tomorrow after the episode has premiered. So jumping right into it. Bullied for her complexion, social media helped this 10-year-old learn to embrace her beautiful dark skin. This story is courtesy of LisaAlamo.com. If you were blessed to have been born with deeply melanated skin, it's likely you have at some point endured bullying or teasing because of your complexion. It's no secret that darker skin in the Western world is often viewed as unattractive. While there has been some improvement in the perception of dark skin in recent years, even today, children are still being targeted and made to feel uncomfortable in the skin they are in. Ten-year-old Karis Pollard, like others before her, has endured her fair share of bullying. At one point, she was attending a school with only four other black children, which resulted in a lot of unwanted negative attention regarding Karis' dark skin. According to Karis, even one of her teachers made her feel badly about her complexion. Karis told BuzzFeed that her teacher asked students to dry themselves and handed her a black crayon. I'm not that dark, I'm brown, Karis told her. The teasing began to really take a toll on Karis' self-esteem. Karis' older sister, Taylor, 22, told BuzzFeed News she started to notice she was different. She would cry a lot and talk about how she doesn't like her skin tone. So Karis' mother, Erica Pollard, decided to transfer Karis to another school with more diversity, but the bullying didn't stop. Taylor told BuzzFeed, a couple of girls at school would tease her about being skinny and about her skin tone, but it's weird because it came from people who are black as well, Taylor said. Taylor clearly, one of Karis' biggest fans, took matters into her own hands and posted this picture of her sister, which has since gone viral. And just like that, Karis became a social media hit. The picture got thousands of retweets and words of encouragement. The kind words also worked their magic on Karis. She was obsessed with the comments, Taylor said. 
So many people's comments gave her a positive outlook on her skin. It gave her reassurance. I was overwhelmed, Karen said. There were so many comments that they love my skin and my hair. Taylor and her mother have since created a Twitter account for Karis. The pair continues to manage and closely monitor the account, sharing pictures of Karis, and hoping to inspire and uplift other children. I told Karis, now that she has the attention, she should use it as a positive outlet, Taylor said. I think it's important to use the platform to positively influence other kids. Um, so again, shout out to the young lady. Um, her full name is Karis K.H. E-R-R, excuse me, K-H-E-R-I-S. I hope I'm not mispronouncing it. Last name Pollard. Um, and again, um, this bullying has turned into a blessing, you know, for her. Her older sister, Taylor, 22 years old, took some pictures of her sister, and it quickly went viral because, like I said, the girl is beautiful. Um, and, you know, me being chocolate myself, I can resonate deeply with her um, and being bullied. It wasn't as bad, but I've had my fair share of, you know, negative pain and dislike my skin, using lightning products and things of that nature and just wishing I was overall brighter complexed. So I can definitely, um, I can relate to this young lady. And I'm so glad that, you know, um, this has turned into a positive opportunity for her. So again, her name is Paris Pollard. I have the pictures of her uploaded on our at Area 21 podcast on our Instagram and also our Facebook. And you should also be able to see her on our website. Um, jumping into our next story, talking about Bad Girl Riri again. She's just been on fire lately. Um, Rihanna just gave us a sneak peek at Fainty Beauty Highlighter, and we need it now. And this article is courtesy of PopSugar.com. Rihanna fans have been desperately awaiting the launch of her uh, makeup line, Fancy Beauty. While we'll have to wait for September for the official debut, Rihanna recently revealed one of the products at the Fancy Puma appearance in Los Angeles. Needless to say, we're hyped. Instagram account at Restore shared a video of fans clamoring to know what highlighter the performer was wearing. She gave that feline smile of hers and said, it's mine causing her audience to shriek with excitement. It's a secret, she added, until September. The illuminator in question pops on Rihanna's cheekbones and appears to be an iridescent hue with shifting tones of pink and bronze. It's obviously flawless on her complexion, but we can imagine the shape be flattering on lighter and deeper skin tones, too. So stay tuned for more updates on this product. Um, so guys, apparently Rihanna has a beauty line um, coming out, makeup line coming out. Um, it's supposed to be coming out in uh, September, so definitely excited to see that. As we know, Rihanna is a um, multifaceted entrepreneur, so I know that everything that she put her name on is on shine, it's on sale. Um, I remember when she had the MAC uh, Rihanna uh, collaboration. I was one of the main ones trying to get to it. I still got some of it now because I rarely use it. Um, just trying to preserve it because it was so hard to get and it was a rare um, line. I got some of her makeup brushes when she came out with that. So I already know this is going to be huge. Um, I will upload a picture of Rihanna um, where it clearly shows um, the beauty and the hue and pigment of the highlight on her cheeks so you can see what her fans were so excited about. So that'll be, again, on all of our at Area 21 uh, platforms. And the last story is about our girl, Solange Knowles. Um, and you will be surprised where she shops at. Anytime our favorite celebs reveal their shopping secrets, we're all ears. But when it's Solange Knowles telling us what she searches for on the internet, we stop everything we're doing. Aside from being an accomplished musician and sister to Beyonce, she's also a style icon and we want to wear all of her outfits. 
So where does she love to shop online? eBay. But there's one particular designer she's searching for. I'm literally on eBay just searching for E-C-I-S-S-E-Y, Miyake, M-I-Y-A-K-E, all the time. She's so in style at Levi's Coachella Brunch in Palm Springs, California. It's my favorite thing to look for. That's what my introduction to eBay was, actually. Trying to find archived, easy pleated pieces, and that opened the floodgates to other worlds. But that's where it started. Nose also explained why she searches for that designer specifically. Issey Miyake has been a huge influence for me, just in terms of the way that, that they use fashion as architecture and as an art form, she explained. I've got a solid little collection growing, grow, going and growing. Uh, before you start scouring eBay for your own archive pieces, there's one more place you may want to browse, too. I also use one, and it's, uh, I don't know if, if this is St. Dibs. It's the number one S-T-D-I-B-S, one St. Dibs. They actually have some incredible Issey Miyake pieces. They are art pieces within themselves that you can build into a collection. And this um, article was originally on InStyle. And so that wraps it up for the Fly Girl Fashion segment of At Area 21 Podcast. So I hope that you learned something today, ladies. Make sure you always be you and be fly. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. She keeping us fly. The day before her birthday. So by the time you hear this, 426, it will be Black Butterfly's birthday. So hit her up. Fly That's girl right. Fashion, fly hit with me two up. Lines. F-L-Y-Y-G-I-R-L-F-A-S-H-I-O-N-S. And, um, you know, just tell her happy birthday. Shoot. Thank it ain't gonna lie. As usual, we're going to hop into a quick little topic. But, uh, you know, I say that I just say quick little topic because I'm not going to do too much talking because, of course, it's going to be one of those subjects where Black Butterfly and Amelia are going to educate and bless. So tonight's topic is Black Women and Mental Health. And to give my part, I'm going to uh, just give you a couple of little points out of a um, a, a journal uh, published uh, a published entry into a medical journal from the National Institute of Health uh, titled "African American Women's Beliefs About Mental Illness, Stigma, and Preferred Coping Behaviors." Uh, this was authored by Erlise C. Ward and Susan M. Hadrick from the University of Wisconsin-Madison School of Nursing. And like I said, I got this from the uh, National Institute of Health. This is part of their public access uh, journal entries. According to, the art, uh, to this uh, article, approximately 7.5 million African Americans have a diagnosed mental illness, and up to 7.5 million more may be affected by, but are undiagnosed. Women may be overrepresented in these populations given the reported 2 to 1 gender ratio of depression, Additionally, negative socio-political experiences, including racism, discrimination, and sexism, put African-American women at risk for low-income jobs, multiple role strain, and health problems, all of which are associated with the onset of mental illness. Older African-American women may be at particularly high risk for developing mental illness due to disability from chronic medical conditions, caregiver strain, social isolation, bereavement, exposure to traumatic events, uh, such as elder abuse, violence, living in crime-ridden neighborhoods, and poor access to health care. Although African-American women are burdened by mental illness, their use of mental health services is low. Stigma has been identified as the most significant barrier to seeking mental health services among African-Americans. Uh, but very little attention has been given to examining stigma, 
the beliefs about mental illness that may be associated with stigma, and how these beliefs may affect the approach to coping. Uh, they did a study which the purpose was to examine African-American women's beliefs about mental illness, perceived stigma related to mental illness and its treatment, and how they would cope if diagnosed with mental illness. Uh, and like I said, this is a full, a full entry into the uh, National Institute of Public Health, uh, National Institute of Health, their uh, public journal. Uh, and it, it, you know, it, it's a lot of different information in it uh, that that lets us, you know, gives a little bit of insight into it before we, you know, get to talking about it. But uh, one more point, let me find it. Let me. Women in this study expressed a strong belief in religious coping consistent with the recent findings indicating that 43% of African-American female participants used religion to cope with serious health problems in the past year, including depression, cancer, and heart disease. Although research supports the positive impact of religious coping, negative outcomes are possible. For example, most, most clergy members are not trained to address mental illness, Hence, people relying solely on the, clergy may, on the clergy may not receive the necessary care or may delay seeking assistance from trained mental health providers. Because women in the study reported they would definitely use religious coping, but only probably use informal support or seek treatment, more research into the relationship between religious coping and treatment seeking and mental illness outcomes is needed. Uh, so definitely wanted to, you know, just throw that out there and let y'all know, but I'm, you know, we're going to dive into it and get y'all's opinions. Uh, we'll start with the birthday girl, Black Butterfly. Cause I know you got, I know you got a, a good little bit to say about it. Uh, but one more little point: in the 1990s, a public opinion poll showed that 63% of African Americans believed depression was a personal weakness, and only 31% believed depression was a health problem. Uh, and then more recently, uh, Thompson Sanders found out that mental illness in the African-American community was associated with shame and embarrassment in both the affected individual and the family hid the illness, furthermore adding to the stigma. So uh, that's, you know, we, we, we know all too well, but definitely want to, you know, get into it. Uh, but we're going to go at it from the angle, like, like we stated, of the African-American woman. Uh, so, yeah, Black Butterfly, give me your, give me your opening statements on black women and mental health because I know this subject is near and dear to your heart. So I'm going I'm to give you the floor. Go ahead and speak your mind. All right. Thanks, King Friday, as usual. And, yes, this is um, a subject that is highly near and dear to my heart, and I care about it profusely. Um, I actually had aspirations at one point to be either a uh, high school counselor or a psychiatrist. Um, my undergrad degree is actually in psychology, but as we know, American tuition prices are astronomical. And once I saw how much I had in student loans just from undergrad, I was like, nah, I not nah. <laughs> so it's unfortunate that I couldn't pursue my education further, um, you know, in that field due to price tag. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But I just wanted to give you a little bit of background. Uh, on me uh, so that you can know that this is something that I actually study and something that I actually have a passion for. Let me also say that I'm going to be completely transparent um, because, you know, of course, with me trying to launch a blog and me wanting to reach women, um, you know, on a deep and personal level, I believe it's uh, important to share your testimony and your truth. So, you know, first and foremost, I suffer from mental illness, okay? Um if you look at me, you wouldn't know it. I'm usually always the one with a very strong spirit. 
I'm always the one, you know, usually laughing, lighthearted, usually, you know, pretty mild-mannered, sweet. But in- internally, um, I do have things that I battle. Um, I won't say that I have depression, but I have been very depressed before um, at several points in my life. But I definitely have anxiety to the point where I actually have panic and anxiety attacks from time to time. And so um, this is this is a real thing. You cannot assume uh, in any way, shape, form or fashion that because of the appearance of someone on the outside or because somebody is laughing or smiling that, you know, they are completely OK. Mental illness does not mental uh, illness, excuse me, does not have a look. A lot of people tend to think that you are supposed to look a certain way if you are mentally ill. That is not true. You can look as normal as any of us on this podcast and suffer from a mental illness. And again, I suffer from anxiety and sometimes depression, and I do actually take medication for my anxiety issues. I think as black women, um, we're the new face of it. We're the new face of mental illness. And I actually saw an article that said that, and I saw another article that um, touched me deeply as well because it said that um, black don't crack. But, and basically the what the article talked about was on the outside, and this is, um, you know, supposedly proven fact, you know, black women, we do literally age 10 years younger than Caucasian women. So the article was saying that on the outside, black don't crack, but on the inside, we crack, we tired, we, we, we breaking down, y'all. And I think it's several layers to why. I think, you know, just, and I'm not, and please, y'all, if anybody listen to this, a podcast. I'm not talking about my black man. I love my black man. I love my black kids. If you're a good man, I will uh, I will lift you up and and give you the highest of praise and regard. So I'm not bashing you, okay? But I do think that we lack some support uh, from black men in our community. It's kind of like as women, we're damned if we do, damned if we don't. From everything dealing with sex to how we wear our hair, you know, y'all arguing with us if it's firm, y'all arguing with us if it's natural. Um, y'all arguing with us if we haven't sex, y'all arguing with us if we ain't. You know, um, we have to sit up here. First of all, Kodak Black actually mentioned him earlier, I believe, in her segment. F. Kodak Black. I don't usually speak up like that, but F. Kodak Black. First of all, he's ignorant as fuck. Secondly, he made a comment, uh, a while back saying that he doesn't like dark skin girls or something like that, but I, but yet and still, I bet, I bet it's still a lot of, you know, black folks in general bop into his music when he has made toxic statement against his own women how y'all think that makes us feel man how do y'all think that makes us feel we have to deal with our own men and battle with y'all on so many different issues y'all got a problem with everything we do we ain't never perfect enough booty too big booty too small why you wearing a blonde wig why you wearing an afro like that gets very taunting that gets heavy y'all trying to always please y'all and never y'all never be satisfied and then to add you know, salt on that wound, even if we are perfect, perfect booty, perfect body, you know, perfect complexion, a lot of y'all ain't marrying us. Y'all getting Kim Kardashian, y'all getting Kylie Jenner, you know, y'all, you know, Izzy is, uh, I don't even know her last name, yeah, but I, cause I didn't care for her that much, so but y'all know who I'm talking about, Izzy, and not Azalea, but the white one, the one with the blonde hair, <laughs> Iggy, whatever her name, so, you know, that, that hurt, that's hurtful. That's hurtful when we're never right. And then we, when we do have it all the way right, we still ain't getting no green. Okay. So that's one layer to it. Another layer to it is definitely religion. 
Now, I love the Lord just like anybody else. Y'all don't heard me say on several podcasts, I grew up Southern Baptist. Those ways have not left me. I still love the Lord. I still go to Baptist churches or non-denational or whatever. But the point is, I still worship the Lord. But I do think we use that sometimes too much as a crutch. Um, I believe God does answer prayer. I believe, you know, God will fix things. But you got to remember, faith without works is dead. And for a long time, I didn't understand what that scripture meant. I said, faith without works is dead. What does that mean? What does that mean? So to me, what it means is that I have faith, God, that you can heal me from this. But I got to put in the work to try to heal myself, too. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a combination. We got to be this in this thing together. So if I know I'm crying on my pillow every night, if I know I'm, you know, having panic attacks, you know, at any given moment, you know, unexpected, if I know I'm having thoughts of suicide or hurting somebody i need to be that one to seek that help sometimes praying just praying 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 not gonna help or sometimes in your prayer god may give you the answer that you seek and it may be take your butt to the doctor or to a therapist talk to somebody or even if you don't have insurance or don't have the money or you're too embarrassed to go to a doctor let it go let it go to somebody we tend to hold too much stuff in and that's why it is important to have people in your circle who support you 100%. So if you need to vent, if you need to talk to somebody, if you have thoughts of suicide, you need to have people that are open enough in your circle to um, to listen to you. Um, and I'm, I'm getting emotional, y'all. I'm sorry. I didn't expect this. But um, I've had thoughts of suicide before. I have. Um, uh, life is tough, you know, as a black woman, you know, especially as a black millennial. You know, we out here with these degrees and, um, you know, a lot of times we ain't getting the jobs we want. We competing with everybody else and we the, we the last one getting chosen. You know, we are underrepresented, underpaid, you know, just trying to, you know, trying to be perfect, you know, trying to, you know, keep our head above water and pay these bills, take care of our men, take care, you know, of our children. Um, if you have any, and it hurts, it hurts y'all. It hurts real bad. And, um, I'm blessed enough, excuse me have people that I have been able to open up to um, and say, hey, I'm not feeling good, y'all. I'm not feeling good. I feel like I don't want to be here anymore. I feel like I've lost my purpose. I feel like God has forgotten me. I don't know why, you know, I'm not as successful as she. I don't know why. I mean, I have kids yet, you know, and I, I turn 30 tomorrow. Like, I have had many demonic thoughts, you know, not necessarily demon as in an evil thing, but I feel like when you have any thoughts of suicide, that's spirit. That's not of God. I've had these thoughts. So, you know, looking at me, you wouldn't know this, but um, you got to take care of yourself, y'all. It's, it's just so many, it's so many layers to it. You know, as black women, we're, we're, we're always the backbone of our whole community. We always on the front line. You know, even thinking about my grandma or even my boyfriend's grandma or everybody's grandma, you know, everybody going to always the one going to grandma for help. Grandma, I need some money. Grandma, I done got kicked out of my house. I need to stay with you. Grandma, this. Grandma, that. Grandma, I need you to watch my baby tonight because I got to go out to the club. Y'all, we tired. And excuse me for getting emotional, but like I said, um, I had to be transparent. I had to be transparent with y'all because I have had those thoughts, y'all. I, I, I have panic attacks you know, from time to time. And one thing about me is that I've always been an overachiever and a perfectionist. And that's hard too. You know, I was always, you know, the one trying to make straight A's or make really good grades and get 
good GPA, you know, from the time I was a very little girl. You know, I was always I was involved in a lot of organizations. Um, once I got into high school, I got into pageantry and wanted to play as queen and stuff like that. And, you know, I was told I had a type A personality, which I agree with to a certain extent, but um, I'm not a mean type A, but I am a perfectionist and I like things done orderly and in fashion and I'm, I, and I'm competitive. I like to win. So if when you reach a brick, you know, a point in your life where you feel like you're not winning, like, God, why am I not getting these jobs God, why am I not getting married and I'm not speaking just for myself I'm speaking on the thoughts of a lot of women around my age God, why am I not having kids you know God why this why that and you feel like you hit you know that brick wall that just that just gets heavy y'all you know to deal with so anyway it's important you know to to take care of yourself I I, I did what I needed to do I talked to my primary care doctor and I had a therapist and talked to them um, as well as incorporate my religion and pray to God and as well as have a supportive uh, circle, including my boyfriend and my friends that I can, you know, openly say when I'm not feeling well. I don't, I, I can't hold it in because I feel like, again, when you hold it in, it's going to burst and when it bursts, it's not good. So take care of yourself, ladies. And, um, that's my thoughts on that. If, if, if anybody, uh, wants to reach out to me for a prayer or for encouragement, or if you have any questions, I'm here because, like I said, I, I've gone through it and I still go through it. So, um, yeah, that'll that'll end that segment for me, I think. Thank you, thank you so much. Like, and I'm learning. I'm literally learning about you at this exact moment because I've known you, like we said, I've known you since like elementary school. And knowing Marissa and knowing Marissa is two totally different things. Like, I know Marissa, y'all may start getting to know a black butterfly, but, like, even I didn't even know that. Because when Marissa's around us, you know, she's Marissa. She's the she giggly, laughing, life, like, just bright. The aura is super bright all the time. And I would not have known anything if I wasn't listening just now. And that's and and honestly, that is one of the biggest things. Like for a lot of people, and we're seeing it. And you know, black mental health is going to be a, a huge topic with us uh, often, um, because it's it's a stigma. And one thing about a stigma is, in order to change it, you know, generation generationally, we need and have to change those things. Like I know, I and like the study says, and like everybody knows, everybody knows when it comes to mental health, black people, we you know, what I'm saying we really don't address it and you know if you got family members that got real men in us they're they're hidden nobody really knows you know where they really belong but you know listening to people is one huge aspect of it because for the most part all a therapist does is listen to you and people have to turn to a therapist because people are going to you know family and friends close people are going to always impose their own quote unquote wisdom, their opinions on the situation, instead of doing what a therapist does, which is just simply listen and be open to accepting that person's thoughts and feelings. But with that being said, I'm gonna, you know, uh, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to you again before we end it all, and, and we definitely gotta get a mailing spill. But uh, the U.S. suicide hotline number one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. Uh, NAMI, which is the National Association for Mental Illness. If you have any questions about mental health, they have a support uh, hotline at, at 8 1 800 950 NAMI. That's N A M I. 
Uh, then also the domestic violence hotline is 1-800-799-SAFE, uh, S-A-F-E. Uh, so those are three numbers that definitely could be, you know, at least just written down and put on the refrigerator. Every black household got the, you know, the magnet. They got the firefighters numbers and, you know, auntie them number, the, the past number. Put those numbers on the refrigerator for people to see. It should be out there in the open. You know what I'm saying? It should, like, you know, if you ask anybody what's the national, you know what I'm saying, the suicide hotline number, nobody knows it by heart. I'm not saying that you automatically just have to know it, but it should be, you know, keep it in your phone. If not for yourself, for somebody else. If somebody comes to you and they need you to listen, listen, and then at the end of the conversation, just give it to them. Like, hey, just in case you need this and what I did for you wasn't enough, here's, here's another resource. That's one thing, like I said, access was one of the biggest one of the biggest barriers to treatment for mental health in the black community is the stigma behind it and then the access to it. And then if the access was there, the stigma hindered it because you knew it was there, but I don't want people to think I'm crazy. I don't want people to think I'm weak. And, you know, Black black Butterfly, thank you once again for being, you know, transparent. And, you know, I'm and me, myself, I've had those thoughts before, too. Uh, I, I identify as a very strong-willed individual, and anybody that knows me can attest to that. Um, so I honestly consider myself blessed and lucky that, you know, mentally I, I am and was able to push through those moments by myself. And one reason why was because I didn't want to tell anybody about it because I didn't want the you know the you know the the, the stigma to go behind it like you you thought about killing yourself like what come on that's crazy and then I but me being the thinker that I am the way that my mind works I'm very critical uh, mm-hmm. and you know logical and thinking and my logic was you know I literally thought it through all the way and I was like this and the the conclusion that stopped me was that it was too selfish of an act. That is what stopped me. Not the pressure to do it, but the thought at the full after fully thinking it through, I was like, that would be the most selfish thing that I could ever do. Everyone that gives a fuck about me, whether I believe they do or they don't, and that's not fair. And that's why, you know, I didn't. And so, you know, you know, it's you know, it's 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 a real thing. And the the other thing about it, like the art, like the article said, like black people, we're we're pretty much pre predisposed pre exposed to these these things based on you know where you grow up, how you grow up, who you grow up with. You 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 know what I'm saying? It's already there. Everybody knows their family got some kind. Of, you know what I'm saying? You got one relative or something that's crazy, and don't nobody know that nobody related to them. You know the one the one cousin who. You know, everybody knows. Like it's always that it's always that stigma. Everybody got one. It's that's the thing because and 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 you know that 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 saying in itself. Everybody got one. It lets you know off rip how prevalent the problem is in our in our in our culture. If everybody got one, then it's a problem. Especially if it's this type of thing. If it's you know if, if, in terms of mental illness, you know what I'm saying PTSD for Black people just being Black. It's a thing. Depression is a thing. I, I deal with depression often. I deal with anxiety often, all the time. That is why I'm a pure and firm advocate and believer in the use of medical cannabis, medical marijuana. I take this shit for my anxiety every single day. Like clockwork. If you know me, you know me. 
and it's for that purpose. I don't smoke the smoke because it's fun. I ain't, you know what I'm saying? I ain't out here trying to be, you know what I'm saying? No, 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 you know what I'm saying? I'm just smoking because it look cool. No, I'm taking this shit for a purpose. I'm medi- I'm medicating myself. I am a patient. And it helps me deal with my anxiety and my depression, my, my depressive thoughts. Because everybody knows that one, that one day of the week where life hits you, and you know what I'm talking about, when life hits your ass in the chest, all your bills getting pulled out at one time, and then now some other bullshit then popped up that cost some more money, and your mama's sick or something, or your grandma's sick, or your auntie's sick, or your favorite uncle's sick, with some terminal shit like cancer or something, you having to constantly, you know what I'm saying, try to be the strong person for other people, and there's nobody, you know what I'm saying, for you to be strong and lean on to. And all that shit just hits you mentally and physically, and you can't do nothing but cry and break down. And then possibly, if you're that type of person, you can pray, but they don't do but so much. This shit's real, man. We got to start talking to each other. We got to start talking to others. We got to start talking to therapists. We got to break these walls, these these barriers of stigma down. But, you know, I, you know, I'm, before I go off onto a whole tangent and forget that A. Millie definitely got to speak her piece. But um yeah, A. Millie definitely, you know what I'm saying, give us give us your your your, your spill on it and kinda hone in on, you know, different ways, you know, to, to break the stigma. Break down these barriers, like 'cause you you know, you you work in communications and I know y'all 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 do, you know, events and things like that. We're always doing events for cancer and things, but I'm, i think y'all have done a couple of events, you know, as far as you know local violence prevention and things like that, which aids in this kind of thing. You know, when things happen and people just need to talk to each other and share each other. But yeah, you know what I'm saying? Definitely go ahead, you know what I'm saying? Give us your opinion on the subject, Amelia. Um, first before I just start off with, you know, my opinion on it, I just wanna say I love both of you guys and um hearing your story is just the same as mine. Because we all go through Stuff. And I'm the type of person, I keep a lot of stuff bottled in and I don't get, I don't, I don't break down. I feel like sometimes, um, going through my depression, because, and Marissa knows this, um, as a black woman, we go through so much. And it sometimes, to me, in my own, um, opinion that I've gone through, things that I've gone through, it feels like the weight of the weight of the world is on my shoulders. It was dealing with professional issues. It was dealing with family issues as I take care of my grandparents and um you know, some family members don't help, but you have the the faithful ones that do help. But it's more so on that and it just kept building and building and building and building to a point where I just was like, you know, if it if my life it, it, I was ready to die. I was ready to kill myself. But the good thing I did not, because the blessings that I have now that are coming makes me want to live. There was a time, like, when I didn't have a job in radio. I always felt like, why is such and such getting this, this, these positions? Why, why, like, I questioned God a lot. I never, I, I didn't understand why. Why am I going through this? Why am I broke? And I was depressed because I couldn't do certain things that everybody else was doing, whether traveling or 
or just hoarding stuff or just material stuff, whatever it was, I couldn't do it because I didn't have a job. I didn't have no money. And knowing me, how Marissa said, you know, growing up, we were protectionists. We're still all protectionists. We like things a certain way. But coming where we come from, it's like we have to maintain and stay on top. We come from a country town where people either dead or going to jail or just not doing shit with their lives. So it's like people expected me to be the best. Keep going. You 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 supposed to be on the air. You supposed to be on TV somewhere, and it didn't happen. And people kept asking me why, 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 and I could I didn't have an answer. So that resulted into me getting depressed i would cry so much every day marissa knows this crying on the phone just kind of being depressed and and didn't know why i i I remember praying like lord give me my blessing please just bless me with something bless me with a position i'm not perfect but i just felt like why why can't i get ahead we're competing every day we have degrees. We've gone to school for four years or four and a half years, got bachelors, got a master's, and we're not getting the job that we know we can get. What is it? Like, what is it? Me? And I felt like I just need to let myself, I, I just need to let it go. I need to just kill myself. I think the world would be better without me. I think my family would be better without me. They don't have to hear or see me being depressed. And it is it's real people it's real too many times i bottled everything up inside me and didn't talk too many times i just drove somewhere middle of nowhere ain't know where i was going i just got on the interstate and drove and drove and thinking i'm just gonna end my life plenty of times i done drove on i-85 going towards atlanta didn't nobody know where i was going Mama calling me, I ain't pick up. Friends calling me, I ain't pick up. It's life. It's life. We all go through shit. And now being able to vent and hear people that go through the same things that I might go through, it is very, it is very soothing to me because and it's, it's really touchy. I, I, you know, it's hard for me to talk about this or whatever. Um, but it's, it's always good to just vent to somebody. And then whoever is going through depression or, you know, having a nervous breakdown, whether it was a bad breakup, family issues, personal issues, professional issues, there's always somebody you can talk to. You can, If you can't talk to your parents, there's a friend. If you can't talk to your friend, there's a pastor. I've plenty of times, and I thank my pastor, who I've known for five years, plenty of times I would just break down in his office. And he would just tell me, you have to pray. And he prayed for me and prayed with me. You know, talking with the first lady, talking with anybody that would listen to me because I felt I couldn't talk to my family about what I was going through. And sometimes I still can't talk to people with what I feel, what I'm going through. But now I know that I can get on my knees and pray to God. I can thank God because it could have been way worse, but he brought me so far and brought me through so much that I'm still standing and still here. I'm stronger than I was a year ago. I'm stronger than I was two or three or four years ago going battling depression about jobs and not being the best and not being the best daughter and not being the best friend. Whatever it was, I'm thankful that God brought me through 
prayer is real, people. If you are going through anything, just get on your knees and ask God, Lord, please deliver me. Lord, please bless me with that position. Please bless me to get out of this depression that I am in. And whatever it is, you can always talk to anybody. You can talk to me. You can talk to me Friday. You can talk to uh, Marissa or whatever. Somebody is always there in your corner. Someone, I have to learn that someone is always there. Even though you may not think nobody is there for you, somebody is always there. Then if you're not having a good day, just text somebody and say, hey, I'm not having a good day. I will call you in a second. Marissa, whenever you're going through something, I always text Marissa. Marissa, if I'm going on, I just, I, I, I don't know what to do. Marissa's always been there. I can talk to you. I can talk to anybody. People, we need to talk more about this. We need to talk more about depression among our black sisters and black brothers. It is real. A lot of people go through a lot of stuff, and people don't know. Like Marissa said, she can be happy on the, on, on the outside, but she's going through stuff on the inside. It's like we put on a facade to please other people. I can be happy today, and I can be sad tomorrow. I have my high days, and I have my low days. But I try not to show that to people because in my mind I have to be the strong one I have to be the backbone for everybody and sometimes you break down and you can't do it anymore you can't do it you can't do it so breaking the stigma would be having more forums talking about depression among women and among black men and black women um going to therapy groups Going, um, talking about it amongst your organizations, amongst your um, church organizations. Yes, we do everything, whether it's cancer or March of Dimes, but mental health it is always put in the box because people don't like to talk about it or share it, and they don't, they don't want to just, um, just really share their stories because you never know you might be going through the same thing another person is going through. So we need to break the stigma. We need to talk about it more. We need to have more form. We need to be knowledgeable about what's going on with mental health. My mom, my mom is a counselor. She talks about mental health all the time. And, I mean, it, it, it's just um, something that we really, 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 really need to look into and talk about because it's real out here, people. It's real. It's life, and it's real. And if we cannot stand up for anything, we'll fall for nothing. So we have to take a stand. We have to vent more. We have to call people. We have to seek God and ask him to deliver us. So that's all, you know, I have to, you know, say about that. Um, but it's, it's just real. It's, it's, you know, we go through so much, and a lot of people don't understand what we go through. And I'm just happy to be a part of this podcast because, you know, we keep it real. We, we're we're not we're all not perfect. And, you know, this is real. This is raw. This is unfiltered. This is our lives. So, you know, it's a good outlet for us to, you know, be able to talk about this. And that's all I got. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, tonight we, we, we got a little bit realer than we normally get. But, like I said, we definitely going to continue this conversation because, uh, we all three understand that it is a, you know, a problem. It's a real problem that affects us individually, us collectively, and us culturally. So, you know, this conversation will definitely continue through throughout. Um, we got some guests 
uh, lined up for the future that would definitely help aid in the conversation uh, even more. Uh, but just to kind of give a to give a story to make a point, this past weekend, me and uh, me and my wife Shannon, we went on a trip uh, to we went to Lake George, uh, Lake George, New York, and we were on our way back Sunday, and we're driving, and a car, you know, got in the left lane past us. They weren't speeding or anything like that. It wasn't they weren't like you know driving crazy. Got in the left lane, uh, and within like just really quick, they bounced off the guardrail on the left lane, spun around, hit the right rail guard, and then flipped over onto their roof into a ditch. Wow. And this happened, like, right in front of us. I was able to pull over. I pulled Mm. over. um, And long story short, we, like, the crazy thing about it, God, 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 whoever you believe in, whatever you believe in, the universe, God, Buddha, it, Anybody, whatever you believe in, if you know that there's a higher power that looks over all of us, you better believe that it is real. And I'm going to tell you why it's real. I was the first person to pull over. It happened right in front of me. There just happened to be a guy sitting at a stop sign, which was an intersection right where it happened as well. I pulled over. I got out of the car. I told Shannon. I said, Shannon, call 911. I run, I run up to the car. I hear the people in the car knocking on the window. It's a little Honda Civic. They're knocking on the window. The car is upside down on its roof in a ditch. It just flipped in front of me the next the next four cars that pulled up everybody in the cars were emts off-duty emts and firefighters mm. to give mm. you even further context the road that we were on is a parkway that rides through the mountains which means on a sunday afternoon there is not a lot of traffic there's not a lot of traffic. This is not some major interstate. This is not some, you know, major thoroughfare where there are, you know, a bunch of cars. It's a, it, you know, it's a parkway that goes through the mountains on a Sunday afternoon. There are not a lot of cars pulled over. But the next four cars that pulled over right after me, everybody in the car besides, you know, some kids or whatever, were off-duty or retired EMTs, firefighters, National Guard medical personnel. It just like that. That's that's coincidence. That's divine coincidence right there. I was the first person there. I ain't got no. I ain't no EMT. I you know I ain't, I don't even keep band aids in my car. And I, you know what I'm saying like, but this you know it, you know brought something like shit. But long story short, the uh, one of the other guys that pulled over here was another black guy. And you know once we we we, we pulled all four girls out the car, no scratches, no nothing, like fine, like. They were shaking up, but no scratches, no bruises, no nothing. The car flipped over. It was a Honda Civic. Four people in the car flipped over and landed on its roof, and all four of them got pulled out the car. Nothing wrong. And the, what stuck with me really is the is the the guy who you know who's like the, the another guy who stopped pulled over to help. Now, and all of this happened before any like any of the state trooper or anybody got there. And this all of this happened within like five minutes. That's how quick it happened. Like as soon as I pulled over, the next four cars that pulled over were medical people. Think about that shit. But the black guy, when when we pulled the girls out and the, you know everybody was there and they were clearly taken care of because he was just another you know like a, a a person that happened to stop and was going to help. He wasn't a medical professional or any of that. He said, "Thank." He told he told me he said, "Thank you for pulling over because if you wouldn't have pulled over, I wouldn't have pulled over." And I thought about that, like, you know, and I pulled over because in my mind, I said, I would hope and pray that somebody would do the same for me. 
because it could have been a whole different situation. Let's say this happened, you know, late night. Like I said, this is a, a parkway that runs through the mountains. If this would have happened at nighttime with even less traffic, you could them they could have flipped over in their ditch and been in and been stuck in the car overnight till somebody saw them in the morning time, you know. And the guy said, I wouldn't have pulled over if you wouldn't have pulled over. And that got me to thinking just now, like, you know, if we won't if we don't say something, then imagine how many people won't say something too. If you don't bring up the conversation at the table, if you don't address the elephant in the room, then everybody else might just let it go by. You know, when you're in that room and everybody like, you know, we're going to take questions now and you you afraid to raise your hand to ask that question because you hoping that somebody else will ask that question, but that other person is sitting there hoping that you will ask the same question so that they don't have to. Somebody got to say, somebody got to say something. So if we wouldn't, if we don't address the elephant in the room, we can't, you know what I'm saying, we can't exactly ex- ex- expect someone else to do the same. So, you know, Take the initiative to, if you have a problem, try talking to someone and keep talking to people until like don't like I I I I I'm begging you don't give up if the first person don't listen, don't give up if the fifteenth person don't listen, don't give up if the thirtieth person don't listen. Just just continue to you know talk at least. It's hard, but everybody that goes through it knows that just talking about it every now and again, it's like if you keep blowing up a balloon, but you, you know what I'm saying, you open the opening just a little bit, a little, a little bit of that air out, it won't pop. But right before you finna pop, let it out just a little bit to keep yourself from popping. And, uh, you know, to bring to bring the darkness to light, I'm going to give you a couple of quotes. This quote is from Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey Boycott, who was a British athlete. He said, until you've had depression, I don't think you're qualified to talk about it. And uh, really, between the three of us, all three of us have dealt with, you know, some kind of, you know, mental issue in one shape, way, shape, form, or fashion, talking about it. Therapy might not be the answer for everybody. Religion might not be the answer for everybody. But there are options. Use your options. Exhaust your options when you give up. Everybody can't afford therapy. I understand that insurance is high as hell in this country. But maybe you need to turn to religion. Maybe you need to turn to medical marijuana. Maybe you need to talk, turn to a support group. Maybe you need to just talk to, you know, your friends. And I'll talk to your friends and you'll find out, like I'm finding out now, that, you know, Two of, my, two of my nearest and dearest friends deal with the same shit. You can always, you know, guess and think like, oh, you know what I'm saying? We all around the same age. We grew up together. We coming from the same places. Pretty much have, you know, done the same things in life, gone to college and whatnot. So I'm pretty sure they're having the same problems as me, you know. But are they dealing with it the same as me? And then you talk and you find out, yes, we're all dealing with it the same way. Hard. This shit ain't easy. Or we, we, you know what I'm saying? We dealing with depression. We dealing with anxiety. We talking to each other. Talking to others. Use your options, people. And to uh, further lighten it up, because this is one of my, like, my favorite quotes in the world. Quote from Buddha. Thousands of candles can be lit from a single candle, and the life of the candle will not be shortened. Happiness never decreases by being shared. So hopefully by us three, you know what I'm saying, being transparent and sharing our testimonies, you know, help somebody. Also, you know, pushing somebody along to at least 
start talking about it. If your mom ain't listening, talk to you. You know what I'm saying? Talk to your siblings. If the siblings ain't listening, talk to you. Talk. Just talk to somebody. I promise you, you can find somebody that'll listen. And if you can't find anybody in your immediate circle that'll listen, I'm going to give you a couple of resources. The U.S. Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. NAMI, the National Association for Mental Illness. Uh, If you have any questions about it or anything like that, you can reach them at 1-800-950-NAMI. And the Domestic Violence Hotline is 1-800-799-SAFE, S-A-F-E. That's 1-800-799-7233. But definitely, as usual, always definitely thank my new beautiful co-host inside and out because I know them. Now I know them even more. They're even more beautiful to me because of you know their their strength and courage to share and be transparent, which a lot of people can't do. And you know what I'm saying, we're gonna, you know what I'm saying, start pushing people to do that. We you know what I'm saying, we'll we'll we like the lion and the wizard of Oz. We'll get you some courage. Just talk about your problem. Because it helps. I said, let a little bit of the air out of that, out of that balloon before it pops. Uh, but let's make it light. Let's make it light before we leave. Hey, Millie, Black Butterfly, uh, your birthday is coming up, Black Butterfly. We definitely got to say happy motherfucking birthday to you. Thank uh, you. We definitely, uh, yeah, hey, Millie, we, we thank you for being a part of this journey, uh, this great thing that we call the Area 21 podcast, uh, now available that uh, we're, being, we're being listened to in 10 plus countries. We over 600 downloads. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Area 21 Podcast. That's area the number 21 podcast. And now on the new official area21podcast.com, our website. And happy birthday, Black Butterfly. Uh, we just recently added a Fly Girl Fashions um, page to the Area 21 Podcast page. So you can hop over to that section of the website just to keep up with Fly Girl Fashions because the official blog will be coming soon. But for right now, you can hop over to the section on the website and keep up with Fly Girl Fashion. So happy birthday, Black Butterfly. That's just a little gift to you. Yeah, happy you birthday, know? girl. So sweet. Thank you. And just as a final thought, you know, being that I am having a birthday tomorrow and it's a milestone birthday, um, just believe that God's not done with you yet, y'all. Um Again, like I said earlier, um, faith without works is dead. So, you know, those times where I was having that anxiety, that depression, feeling like I was nothing, feeling like I don't understand why, you know, I'm not getting the, the ideal job or the ideal opportunity, although I felt I did everything right. Um, I can say that once I actually start pushing and moving myself, um, I cannot credit myself for, um, you know, for, for, for jumping out there, you know, I had several encouragers, you know, including my significant other, but once you start moving, y'all, it's amazing, it's amazing, you know, just with me just, you know, just starting Fly Girl Fashion at the end of January, we just started this podcast, you know, like at the end of February or March, and, you know, we, we I see things working and moving, and I have visions more often, and I know that this is where the blessing is, so when you're feeling down on your luck, and you're feeling, you know, discouraged, just know, you know, that God not done with you yet. And sometimes the blessing you may think you are wanting may not be the blessing he actually has for you. So maybe it's meant for us to be entrepreneurs. Maybe it's meant for us to be bigger and bolder and, you know, just be seen um, and not just be behind somebody's desk. So I just want to thank God for the opportunity for, for seeing another year and that he's not done with me and, and allowing for me 
see that and giving me the bravery and the courage and the the strength to just just start and just go for it. So that's my final thought on everything, y'all. And thank you for all the happy birthdays. Yes. Yes. Yes, for the rest of our days. Yeah, girl. Yeah. You're next in line for a miracle. <laughs> Listen. Amen. Oh, look, y'all know, look, we, like, you, y'all know we southern. We'll, we'll take it to church real quick now. <laughs> Listen, you better get you some holy water, spread it across your life. Uh, but yeah, and on another note on that, evaluate your friends. If you're talking to people and they disregarding you, they ain't really your friends. They associates. Because friends listen. I promise you they do. Sure whether they want to hear it or not, friends will listen. Whether they want to hear it or not, whether they agree with it yes. or not, a real friend yes. will always listen to you. If your friends yes. ain't listening to you and they disregarding you or telling you, oh, you crazy or whatever, you know, and they continuously telling you that and you know that you have a real valid issue, then those are not your friends. And you need to limit your, your, your availability to those people and limit them access to your issues. You're next in line for a miracle, I believe it. Like Black Butterfly said, you got to find the blessings and everything. If you're having a hard-ass day, you know what I do most of the time when I have a hard-ass day? I simply think about how many people did not make it to the point that I've made it to. Because people die every, what is it, somebody die every, what, seven or eight seconds or something like that in the world? So I, I literally just break it down to that because, you know, I'm a logical thinker. It don't work for everybody, but it works for me. I literally sit in that moment and I, I, I collect myself I, I get the courage and the strength to collect myself mentally, and I say, you know what? Somebody just, just, just checked out, and I'm still right. here. Which means that something, something further must be done on my behalf, and I need to find the strength, physically, mentally, and internally, to continue on this journey that I'm on. You're next in line for a miracle. Y'all call. Uh, no, I'm just playing. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> happy birthday, Black Butterfly. Thank you. Thank you to you both for being transparent. Hey, Millie, you got any shout outs? Um, I just want to shout out uh my best friend, Marissa. Shout oh out because tomorrow is her birthday. You know, we've been friends for like 20 plus years. And it's just, I'm just so thankful for um that we still maintain our friendship. Yeah, we friends, we, we have our ups and downs, but this is the this is the real one that has really stuck by me through all the stuff that has gone on in my life. She has always been there, and I pray that this new decade of your life will be filled with success and more more adventures. Um, your business to thrive, love, family, all of that good stuff because you deserve it. I just have to, you know, shout you out. For that, you know, you are a woman of God. We have our great talks, and you know, sometimes you you, you put life in the perspective for me that I need, and I am thankful for you for being one of those people that I can always count on and 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 call. Even like you know, through a text, I, I might tell Marissa, "Oh, you remember this? What we did or said in high school?" And it's always it's fun because sometimes I might have a bad day, and Marissa pop up in my um in my text message and just like saying some quirky stuff that we used to say and it brightens my day so i just really have to shout you out girl i love you like a fat kid love cake girl so So i hope that you have a beautiful day tomorrow and you know i'm gonna call you tomorrow anyway so yeah i just wanted to shout you out 
I'm not a saint by any means, but um, through all the the thoughts, through all the things, you know, I'm still here. I'm still standing, and I just know, and I have a feeling wholeheartedly in my whole heart, spirit, and soul that 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 He is going to bless us immensely um, through our platforms and through our openness and through our willingness to um, reach and teach, you know, people. Um, so just. Shout out to God, you know, and, and just thank you for allowing us to see this day and have these opportunities. And, um, you know, I pray that we can make you proud and walk in our purpose that you have for us. GP, are you with me? <laughs> we have a church. We ain't going nowhere. Y'all are in the 90s. Hey, listen. <laughs> one, of the, one episode we just going to dedicate to just being full church, you know what I'm saying? Like, Cause you know what I'm saying when you get to talk about something and you and you hear that you hear that word and then that song hits you in the heart and you just got the head like Yay. a tree standing by the water I shall not be moved mm. speaking right. in the corner mm. Jesus a charge the not a Charles now no mm. we ain't even calling Charles today. But yeah, definitely like I always do, shout out to Black Butterfly A Millie. Uh I love both of y'all. Thank y'all for what y'all do. Because I promise y'all, everything that you see that is Area Twenty One Podcast, it is not possible without all three of us together collectively as a unit. So shout out to uh us the the three musketeers, three amigos. We doing this thing and we do it for y'all. We love y'all. So if you love us back, you like us back, you like what you hear, hit us up. Area 21 Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. That's Area the Number 21 Podcast. Check us out on the new official website, Area21Podcast.com. Follow us, King Friday 46, uh, Fly Girl Fashions for Black Butterfly. That's F L Y Y G I R L F A S H I O N S. Fly Girl Fashions, fly with two Y's because it's twice as nice. You keep us out here looking beautiful and not bum. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and uh, gorgeous, not gangster. I don't know, gangster might be cool, but anyways, uh, and uh, follow A Millie. What's A Millie? A Millie, what's your, what's your thing? Because you changed it, because she, she got about three. She be out here sneaking. She got like four Twitter. <laughs> A Millie got about four Twitter profiles. She got about Girl, four Twitter profiles, three Facebook pages. Pro- I have two Twitter profiles and one Instagram at Amarie underscore the number two and the letter U. All right. That's all you're not here catfishing people, is you? No, no, no. I ain't got that light, though. <laughs> I see, I see. But, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like we say, we come to you every week giving you the real. Tonight, we definitely got real. Thank you for listening. And if you want to, you know what I'm saying, if you want to respond, hit us up in our email, area21tut at gmail.com, or hit us up in our DMs on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We will respond. We will talk to you. You know what I'm saying? We here to listen. If don't nobody else do it, we got you. 
Uh, and as usual, it's your boy King Friday, A Millie Black Butterfly, Area 21, the Underground Takedown. Follow us, Area 21 Podcast, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Area21Podcast.com. And we out. Hey.